Welcome, Seekers of Truth, coming to you from the edge of the known universe, better known as the Granite State, home of Betty and Barney Hill. Through the magic of electronic alchemy, a portal to another dimension has opened. You are about to make a metaphysical connection. This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. Walt Schnabel and I, Eric Render King Fisk, return to the Tavistock Institute to talk about the Beatles, Helter Skelter, the CIA's influence on the drug culture and mind control, and more. But first, Jim Loretta joins us for the week in the paranormal news, starting with Space Force. All coming up next on the Metaphysical Connection. <laughs> so for so for people just tuning in right now we were just telling a bunch of small jokes and i started it <laughs> there's short jokes and there's small jokes and that's our that's our small mind segment that's it and you all missed it because i just started recording all right i wanted to start the the show this week talking about well one of one of my favorite topics Space Force! <laughs> oh, God. Or as like what Dennis Miller likes to call it, the Casper Van Diem work, Make Work Project. Yeah. I. They already, they already have a space fleet. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's, they're, just, they're just coming forward with it now they're in dribs and drabs like they do everything else. Yeah. It's been, it's been going for a long time. Uh, it's, right. a cra- it's a craziest thing, whereas um, if we're doing the show prep, and I have a couple of links in the show page. I'm trying to remember what's 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 the episode that we're on right now. What episode is this now? Um, and looking at it, and uh, for the for the for the show page, uh, all the people coming forward and saying people that you would never think that they would ever agree with 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 Trump. And we're not going to get into a big huge political thing here today, or if ever except for through kind of like a sneaky backdoor kind of way. People that you never thought would agree with Trump are actually coming out and saying the idea of a space force really isn't a bad idea. And the thing is, is that what do you expect the space force to do? And the idea of having a military branch of the government taking care of things like wayward comet comets or, you know, um, patrolling rogue satellites and stuff like that. It's actually not a bad idea. And it's, it's, it's not, when Neil deGrasse Tyson comes out and says, no, I think we should really honestly think about this and think about what a branch of the military can and should do in space. I, I, I think that, I think this is the real thing. I think that this is a gateway to disclosure. And yeah, I, maybe I, I, but, you know, but, you know, Eric, you know, that all sounds <clears throat> well and good. And, and, you know, a lot of these people's are, people are agents of disinformation and he may be one of them. Um, you know, it's going to turn to a military aspect. Oh, there's no you, you doubt. Know gonna, you know, that's going to happen. There's there's no that's, doubt. And the thing is, is that as soon as it as soon as it is released that we have, hey, here here's the new Space Force. And then. A short while later, 
something is going to happen and you're going to say, now, aren't you glad that we had the Space Force? And it was just like, how much of this is like, and I am so cynical and jaded. Thanks, Walt. Is that I wonder if this is in, in preparation for a threat that, quote, they know about and they are not prepared to disclose it yet. So why don't we just have Crazy Donnie step forward and say, we're going to have a space force. It's going to be the greatest space force the world has ever seen. And the Galactic Federation is going to pay for it. Mark my words, it's going to be great. Um, Eric, Eric just introduced his topic so he could do his Trump imitation. <laughs> I, you, know, you know, I'm wondering when, when Trump has his military parade, I'm wondering if he's going to roll out the new Space Force uniform. Um, I wouldn't doubt you know, it. Like, like based on the based on the uh, Captain Kirk uniform, maybe or something. You know? <laughs> I could see him with like tights and tights and boots. William, and, yeah, uh, exactly. Epaulets ap- on his. Uh, on his shoulders exactly um, that will be the, the next stage toward um dictatorship you know that, that's the that's the next stage when when hitler rolled out the uniforms that's when he he really got that's when he really got on a roll i think i, We're gonna... I like the i like the uniform <laughs> <laughs> i like that uniform i, I want to get on board with that new uniform can, can i wear a black one <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's going to be made in china definitely yeah yeah so um we i think we're well at least we've got a new um moniker for jim's segment oh you do i I don't think i even ran this by eric yet okay we're we're, we're gonna call it the loretta report what do you think about that oh that's perfect that's great i think we we have to come up with some theme music maybe for it x-files theme just play the x-files theme no, just play some Jim Morrison. Shit, strange, strange make, days have found us. Oh, that's <laughs> just go, just just recycle the, the, the Jim's um, um, theme song. So Jim, um, we're gonna we're gonna play your theme song, and uh, you you want to read us some news for the week? Sure. What do you have, Jim? A number of things, but you, uh, you for, sent out some good stuff. Those, you really did. Those, this was a some, great some week. Some of those emails you sent out were I know, outstanding. Yeah. They blew my mind. Let you know uh, this is going to be. It, it could open up a long discussion, but I'm going to start with it anyway. Um, <clears throat> the article I put out about this <clears throat> uh, U.S. Special Forces encountering a 12 to 15 foot red-haired giant. Supposedly there was an encounter. They shot it. Uh, in the report, the body was taken away, and in the report, the higher ups told them to like you know doctor the report. They didn't want them talking about it. And this goes right back to uh, the Smithsonian denying that they ever like uh, got rid of giant skeletons that were found. If you if you go back and back and back, there've been a number of stories about farmers and different people finding giants over the years. And of course, um, they would say like, "Well, there is no skeleton, so this all must be a hoax or like made up stuff." But you know what? Now that uh, they've encountered a a red-haired giant. It's called, I think it was there was a name for him, wasn't it? There was a nickname they gave it. Um, long story short, what do you guys think before we move on? Do you think it's a, a hoax? Do you think it's a possibility? Well, I, I mean, I think it's a possibility. I, I think that um, the giant skeletons that have been found um, were some remnant of 
an offshoot of the human race or, or maybe were some alien offshoot that is, was was left over from alien intervention of some kind yeah you know they they always talk about <clears throat> talk about the giants and you know like even in the uh even in the the bible story nephilim david and goliath you know yeah the nephilim who knows that that wasn't an actual story that's kind of be, kind of become mythologized i guess but you know who, who knows that that goliath wasn't actually of that race you know that and and if that's the case if there were actual giants that existed at some point in time seems like there's a lot of evidence that's been discovered over the course of years that's been suppressed for for whatever reason you know take your pick but um <clears throat> why not there being why can't there be some rem- somewhere that just you know that just didn't get discovered somehow you know? well they they called it the the, the kandahar was in kandahar province kandahar giant now of course snopes chimes in and says it's false but like you know what i i think snopes has like no validity at all mm. and i went no, and I, I sent some stuff out about them before yeah i saw that i saw that but, there's but, a lot of you know, not, not to belabor it but i just think it was interesting that another giant story has popped up i um i just recently uh, got in contact with bear publishing yeah um i think they were located in vermont i'm not sure though uh, but that's irrelevant. Uh, but one of the, uh, the one of their publicists uh, that I made a connection with sent me some books that they're um, that we can potentially interview the authors, and and right. one of them was on giants. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, Interesting. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can get a hold of him. Um, okay. And see if we can set up an interview. Uh, well, you, to see, well, see what's going on. and and she said um, she would also send me galleys of the of the books and or um, promotional copies. Okay. Yeah. So so we can get copies of the books before the you know before we do the show. Well, so that well, sounds that sounds yeah. like a good inroad, I think. Speaking of that, uh, Artie Six Keller Clark got back in touch with me. Oh, She's that's great. Some, she has some health issues. She's on the mend. Her fourth book is coming out in the fall. Cool. And you, you might want to revisit, like, interviewing her. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, that, got, that got messed up somehow. That was some kind of a... Yeah. No, I'm... I, I'm, 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 I'm blaming con- on Eric, for lack of a better... Oh, I'm convinced that there was there was something going on that was uh, keeping us from from talking to her. Because there was... there was intervention. There, there was some strange interference with the phone. And, and we, we didn't... Uh, we weren't able to, you know, publish any part of the show that we tried to record with her. But as soon as she got off the phone, um, whatever loud background noise uh, completely, totally disappeared. And I didn't even have to reboot the uh, the soundboard or my laptop or anything that whatever sound that was. And I think that there was something on her end, that loud buzzing noise um, was well, she was she was doing it by phone, right? Yeah. And no matter what I could do, no matter what I could do, I could not get a, get rid of that buzzing sound. So, and I, and I take I I'll admit I take a little responsibility for all of that. You know, it not working out. You know. But who know who knows why? Who knows why it uh, it happened like that? But Eric Eric was singing <clears throat> the song from Jesus Christ Superstar. What's that buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, that was bad. I know you are. You, that's yeah. That's that's yeah. That was bad. 
Yeah, sorry. You, yeah. can, you can you can edit that out. No, I'm I'm going to leave that in there because it's because it's funny to make because it's it's great how I'm not the one who is being all ridiculous. You know, I'm not the one with the bad jokes all the time. So I yeah, want I want that most aud- of the time. I want that audible evidence that sometimes it's you. Um. So another the, the next the go next ahead, Jim. Article I thought was very interesting. Um. There was a scientist shot and killed in a tent while he was he was out camping with his two little girls, ages two and four. Did you guys pick up on that? Yes, we did. I heard the, that, I heard the story, but I didn't know well, that there was any. Um, I I found out more about it. Behind it, it. evidently, mm-hmm. he was uh, a highly skilled uh, PhD researcher in vaccines. Yeah, and he came up with like a, a different avenue. Uh, not using the dead virus, using some other agents, um, you know, to uh, to cure disease. So I think it's suspicious that all of a sudden he he's taking a different road and he gets killed in the tent. And this segues right into the other article I think I sent you to you guys uh, yeah. about the Italian scientist who's been at the forefront of vaccine investigations, uh, saying that <clears throat> they're contaminated with nanoparticles and so forth yeah uh, he w- he went he gave a talk uh, uh, after which his wife was threatened with death uh, he was personally attacked um, so um, physically somebody came out of the crowd and hit him so it seems like if you get too close to the uh, killing the goose that laid the golden egg as far as vaccines and all the money they're making they'll just come after you and either kill you or scare you off this this scientist was from italy and evidently yeah uh in the election there um the new health italian health minister promised um to reverse the mandate uh on legislation for vaccines and now i guess he's gotten a lot of pressure so he's reversed course and this scientist that published a letter and came out and said you know it's the wrong road to take after which that's when he was attacked and his wife was threatened so uh this goes right along with that article we talked about three or four months ago where there so many alternative scientists and doctors have been mysteriously killed like heart attack death by auto suicide bludgeon to death you know you name it so something's going on there that's happening deeper than we're seeing there are uh, possibly some uh, very harsh limits coming uh, to the to those of us that use vitamins in the U.S. They're trying to uh, <clears throat> there's a the government's trying to limit our access to vitamins, and they're going in a roundabout way through the World Health Organization. They want to they want to have severe supplement restrictions, and they're do it going to do it under the guise of facilitating trade. So. That's something to keep our eyes on because, uh, you know, our food supply is depleted of nutrients because the soils are depleted and everything's heavily sprayed. I'm not going to get on a soapbox about this, but unfortunately, you have to take supplements in order to stay healthy because you're not getting the micronutrients that you need. And they're trying to stop that. And I think it's all interwoven with, you know, uh, pharmaceutical medical mafia. So, uh keep your eye on that you'll probably hear more about it in the news um they think that there's actual evidence of a real planet nine out beyond pluto they uh they've they've observed 
um, something that looks like a dwarf planet. Uh, it's um, possibly ten times the mass of the Earth. Uh, it's not proven, but based on their uh, calculations and um, odd alignments of the um, other objects in our solar system, their behaviors, they're suggesting that there is some real evidence that there's a there's a ninth planet out out there, and I'm wondering if that's Nibiru, you know, Nibiru. That's quite does, possibly. Does it have its own star system? Um, no, no. They're saying that it's uh, within our own solar system. It isn't on the same plane as the solar system planets, which are you know. Uh, um, spread out, they spread out like a disc on a four, 54 degree angle, but it is out there uh, and it has an orbit. So uh, they are they're keeping their eye on it. Um, I've I've read that it has its own star uh, that accompanies it. Hmm. Have you heard anything uh, about that? No, but no, that's not that wasn't in the article, but I, it certainly could be you know possible. So. <clears throat> I thought that was interesting. Hey, who knows? Uh, who, who, yeah. Because the thing is, is that to kind of like um, tag on to this, NASA just released information that they have found evidence of amino acids being um, being spewed out of Enceladus uh, in some of those those giant pumes of you know, the geysers that, that, that shoot off into space. And Cassini took a couple of samples of that and sent back um the results of some of the onboard probes and of course people are going crazy saying look if there are amino acids on in the mist of enceladus mist of enceladus buy yours today at any convenience store near you <laughs> mist of enceladus for him <laughs> and for her um there's that's evidence that there the, the solar system and if not the galaxy or the universe is teeming with the possibility of life and we're, we're just like going around and we're just like that's an exciting thing whereas is like uh if there's if there's life on enceladus and there could be life on um uh you know in the other uh, ice moon of uh, of jupiter europa and i know that yes i know that enceladus is around saturn um if there's life there on Enceladus and Europa and maybe even locked away in, in Pluto and one of Pluto's moons. Uh, that's, that's exciting. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, you know, what kind of life could be waiting for us out in Alpha Centauri? And then you wonder about the whole thing of, of the, the space force. And, and maybe that's why we need it, you know, because, <laughs> because of advanced civilizations want to take our precious metals and our women. So maybe we should keep our heads down and just well, it also that also fits in with the theory of transpermia that yeah, <clears throat> that the earth was seeded from an outside source. Um, that was Crick's theory. One yeah. of his theories the guy that discovered the uh, structure of DNA. Um, he, he believed that the earth was seeded, you know, didn't life didn't originate on earth, um, but it was came from somewhere else. Sure. You know, in the in the galaxy. Um, and landed here, and it and it took root, and, and you know developed, slowly developed into what we have now. But which makes more sense to me than something just automatically appearing, you know, out of no, out of nowhere. 
<clears throat> in terms of life on the on like, the planet. Anyway. Like the amino acids came from a comet after the formation of of the Earth and the other celestial bodies in our solar system. That's that makes more sense to me than than every planet accidentally stumbling upon the same the same thing. But I mean, we don't. We I, I do not have a degree in in uh, a biochemistry. I don't know how quickly amino acids would just happen on their own given any situation. I think that the the chances of that is astronomical. Um, I don't know. And the thing is, is that it's, it's, you could also make the case that maybe 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 I'm going to ring my own bell here. The Anunnaki had seeded all of these planets um, in our solar system and beyond with amino acids as I don't know, maybe as a cold storage for, you know, future use or whatever, or they put it there in the event that maybe someday um, things might develop enough so that, it, um, you know, life could evolve somewhere. I, I don't know. It's at this point, I think that it's like with all the stories that we've done and everything that we've covered, I think that anything is possible and nothing is impossible. Well, I have I have one last article uh, of since you mentioned the impossible, this this just kind of blew my mind. They're uh, they're marriaging three hot fields right now: ancient DNA, uh, the genome editor called CRISPR, and uh, organoids, which they build from stem cells. They're putting these three together and creating a Neanderthal brain and growing it in the cavity of a Neanderthal skull that they have to try to create a mini brain uh, to study um, the, what kind of mind Neanderthals had because their, their, their brains were shaped differently. They had different yeah. neuronal networks. And uh, I just think that's, that's none of this work has been published. I just wonder how far along they are. And it's, it's pretty interesting. It reminds me of a pseudo-Jurassic Park theme, really. Um, I don't I don't know where they're headed with that but that's I it's like science fiction when I read this thing it's like amazing Dr. Shelley Dr. Shelley <laughs> Dr. Mary Shelley please it's, report it's almost like they're cloning uh, a Neanderthal sort of that's what, yeah. kind of what it well, sounds like I, I, well, I don't yeah. think it sounds like that I think that's exactly what they're trying to do but they're also I think this segues it spills over into their work on robots oh know, yeah creating creating a brain uh, and a metal skull for a robot i mean like they're moving at light speed as far as i'm concerned it's like right around the corner like uh terminators like right around the corner really it is it's i crazy. just wonder at what point is some government agency going to step in and say guy I, I, I really don't think that we should be doing this i really don't i think that we should sort of like i i don't want to sound like the guy the curmudgeon um who says that we should not do this because, well, it's new and it's scary and um, I'm afraid of new things. Uh, and, and maybe maybe I've I've read way too much science fiction in, in my life. Uh, but no, I th this is a this is a bad idea and I don't think that we should do this or at least I think that we should have some regulations and some safeguards put in place. And I think that they should do these kind of things out in the middle of the desert on a deserted island somewhere um, or hell, you know, do it on the do it on the moon 
put a put a base on the moon and that's where you do all these science experiments and stuff like that to keep whatever craziness they create contained um does that sound crazy does that does that sound like i'm too cautious i don't know no i don't no, I don't think you're too cautious. I think the, the thing is, it all it all comes down to how it's regulated. I mean, um, you know, like with, we were talking about the space force earlier. <clears throat> you know, if that's being used for for altruistic purposes, fine. You know, if they're fine. using that to improve the human condition in some way, and the same thing with what we're talking about yeah. now. You know, if it's used for those purposes, but it it seems to always yeah, sort yeah. of it, it gets out of the box somehow. You know. It's like you're opening Pandora's box and you, and you don't know what's going to escape. Right. <clears throat> Somebody well, always, always seems to use it for something other than um, yeah, good right. purposes. You know, and that, yeah, that's where that's, that's where it goes bad. It goes terribly bad. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm not crazy about creating a slave race. I'm not crazy about the idea of creating these people just to do the dirty work of. You know, jobs we don't want to do, like cleaning up toxic waste. No, you put you put it there. You clean I it up. I have news for you, Eric. I have news for you, Eric. Yeah. You're already part of a slave race. So, oh, yeah. no, I totally understand that. But the idea of a slave race creating another slave race? No, I don't. I, I'm not, right. not going to go for that. You're going to end up with a robotics bill of rights eventually. Oh, that's inevitable. Yeah. By the way, have either of you two seen um, the standalone movie Star Wars, this uh, uh, Solo, a Star Wars movie? Have you seen no, Solo yet. yet? No. Um, uh-huh. There's a there's a part of this. I'm, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody, but you know, one of the droids in uh, Solo, is, you know, fights for droid rights, and okay. and comes right out and say, you know, the you know. We droids, we are also sentient beings, and we're essentially slaves. You're all you are, are just my organic <laughs> overlords and stuff like that. And it, it 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 does cause a kind of like a very sort of uncomfortable sort of like question debate about you know droids in the Star Wars universe. And it kind of like you kind of like look at it sideways, and you wonder could R two D two and 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 three PO be slaves? Is is that a possibility? Um, and do they have do they have a soul of some kind? You know, do they have some form of a soul? How can you not look at R two and three PO and not think that they? I mean, three PO is annoying as all hell, but there's, you know, I mean, he has a concern for his own, you know, preservation of his own quote life, as it were. There are there's there's a lot of that throughout the Star Wars movies where you look at what yeah, happens they, to the droids. They they touched on that in the early. Even in the original Star Wars, yeah. they touched on that. I think it wasn't. It was kind of subtle, but um, and probably not many people really picked up. It's, on it's it. not subtle in in, in Solo, but it does and ask it, a lot it, of questions. They brought it out for them. Yeah, and it does. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I think the yeah. idea of creating artificial intelligence um, is very concerning for me. I I mean I love using high tech tools. I use high tech tools all the time. I'm using I'm using three high tech tools right now in recording this podcast. Um, but the idea of a, th- a thinking machine that can make decisions and and um, can have like a personality and stuff like that, 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 that bothers me a lot. And with th- this machine with thoughts and feelings having to do my bidding because I bought it is I'm, that's that's slavery, you know. Yeah. Well, that's all I have for today. I actually have to get back to uh, helping the. Kyle guy. So, uh, 
You got to crawl back into your cave. Yeah, I got to crawl back into my cave, guys. Crawl back into your I hole. Gotta, I, I have, before you leave, Jim, I, I need to hold you up a little bit. Um, the, the guy, and this ties in with the, the show today. So uh, the, the guy that you, um, I, I had seen him interviewed on Gaia, on, on a show on Gaia, John Rappaport. Oh, yeah, um, John Rappaport. Yeah, you, you kind of um, got me turned on to him again. He, he's got this whole thing about the, um, that we're living in a matrix. Yeah, uh, which isn't which isn't new, given the you know the Matrix movies and and all those kinds of things. But he's he's really got a whole set of tenets about it. But did you see the thing he sent out? Um, I guess it was a couple of days ago, talking about like a, a hypothetical experiment computer program that was set up, and these two people were, you know, debating it. Like in other words, they he he was kind of uh, creating a scenario where. Um, human consciousness was kind of created in a lab, and the, and the people that created it were going back periodically and monitoring it and looking and, and seeing it, um, <clears throat> what it was leading to. Mm-hmm. And um, the very end of the article, um, it turned out that um, it was all it all came down it all funneled down into MK Ultra. That was oh, okay. like last yeah. line. Did you did you see that? I don't recall. No. Oh, maybe you didn't read that one, but I thought that was pretty interesting, given what we're we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, and and one other real quick thing before you go, um, we're going to be talking. This is going to be part two of the Tavistock conversation oh, yeah. that yeah. we had last time. Right. Um, and and one of the things that we're going to discuss is the social engineering of the of the. Um, I guess you could say the well, our generation, Jim, the the, the Aquarian generation, the New Age, yes, um, and and the fact that um, Woodstock was was actually a social engineering experiment um, wow, conducted that, by the CIA. That's interesting. And um, they they gave out um, LSD in in kind of okay. mass quantities at um, at Woodstock to to yeah. get that sort of um drug induced culture going okay. you know what i mean where, where people because one of the things that tavistock has discovered one of their tenets is that artificially induced psychosis is how you get people people to be mind controlled right and, and that's really what lsd does it creates a psychosis um and you know they had they had people that um you know were agents that were kind of made to look like they were part of the scene, you know, with long hair and stuff like that, but yeah. they were really CIA agents that were planted there. To, um, th- I mean, the whole thing was set up. Even the even the um, uh, the development of the concert itself was, was set up. It wasn't just, you know, hey, these guys got together. You know, in the movie, they make it look like, hey, these guys got together, they wanted to have this big festival. But it was actually uh, financed by the CIA. And... Um, the the point I'm getting to is that um, I don't know if you re- you've probably heard this I'm sure over the years that the Doors were supposed to play there, yeah, and and they they canceled out. Okay. Uh-huh. At the last minute, yeah. At the last minute, and and um, they I think there was some excuse about it being a scheduling thing or something, but my thinking and this is this again is my extrapolation is that perhaps Morrison understood what was going on there. And didn't want to, didn't want the doors to be a part of that. I mean, he 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 clearly understood. That's certainly a possibility. The bigger picture, um, and you know, just using using the 
What is that? What is that, Jim? Go ahead. You got some you got some cocaine there or something? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um, they, um, you know, the, just Morrison picking the door, the name of the doors. Yeah. For from Huxley's book, uh, the Doors of Perception, um, is it fits right in with the whole thing because Huxley was a, was an early agent of this kind of mindset. Um, so the whole thing, sort of, you know, this this whole book on Tavistock is bringing so many of these loose ends together for me. Um, I mean, you, you guys should really, I really highly, highly recommend that you read this book. Um, yeah. And and just look into it a little deeper. It's it's amazing how all the things that you think sort of just, you know, like you say, oh, yeah, Woodstock just happened. It was it was really cool. And all these groups came together and it was a, the new age generation. Well, it was all it was all a created image to, mm-hmm. to get the, the youth um you know, into into a state of counterinsurgency, which is how you control people. You know, yeah, so it sure. was it was a big experiment, basically. Sure. And the fact sure. that they were playing all, they were playing all night and keeping them keeping right. people awake all night. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, and and sort of living in squalor, living in you know, yeah. nasty conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all engineered. It was all completely engineered, and it makes sense when you think about it. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. It is. That's a different take on it. I'll, I'll, I'll ponder that one. Yeah, gotta, yeah. gotta run, guys. It's okay. All right. So thanks for joining us, Jim. Thanks, thanks for the, for uh, me. the uh, for instituting the Loretta report. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Once this all gets, all my building gets done, I'll be more relaxed and be able to hang around. Yeah, until you start your next project. <laughs> no, hopefully not. That sounds like somebody else I know, Walt. Yeah. Yeah. Try to keep the Kraken at bay. I will. Take care, guys. You bet. Okay, Jim. Take it easy. So, Walt, the last time we left each other, last week, and, uh, um, you know, and over the past couple of, just having chats over the phone and whatever, mm-hmm. you and I have been talking about the, 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 the Tavistock Institute, and we've been talking about, of all things, how, it seems like whenever I was talking about, like, the committee of they, like, who is actually in control mm-hmm. of the government the deep state and all like that um and we and and since the beginning we've been wondering about this question and it's like once you stumbled upon the topic of the tavistock institute all these other things opened up and Mm -hmm. another thing that sort of like sort of opened up for me is the links to mk ultra which is the cia program for mind control and mm-hmm. the more that you think about it, it does sound crazy. It sounds nuts. It sounds like a bunch of crazed lunatics from southern New Hampshire hiding out in the woods with a microphone talking about these crazy conspiracy theories that are just beyond the imagination. And the more that you dig into this stuff and the more that you 
look into what's going on. All these conspiracy theories turn into more like conspiracy fact. One of the things that that is a huge news item from the from from the past six months um, is the conversation about what's going on with Facebook and data data mining and putting all these people into categories and stuff like that and selling all this marketing data all this metadata that Facebook gathers to these other companies and other corporations. And it was like, if you can actually go and you can look at the Facebook CIA or the NSA connection. And it, it, it makes you want to go Ted Kaczynski. I'm not talking about well, the CIA financed Facebook. I mean, I'm not talking about like building. They, fin- they financed the initial startup of Facebook. I'm not talking about you know that. Yeah, no. I, and, and, and the thing is, is that what's crazy is all the new disinformation of the news out there. And I'm not going to talk about the politics of all of this. And it was, a, there's there's a news item going on. It's a news story. And unless you've been like on vacation on, on Mars somewhere, there's no way, you know, there's no way to escape this news story. And you can look at how the, the how people are divided over this issue on Facebook and looking at how people on one side are accusing the other side of being evil and vice versa. And there are battle lines being drawn right now over this issue of what's going on with with the children of illegal immigrants being separated. And like I said, I'm not talking about this. And then this past Saturday, the whole thing of how Sarah Huckabee Sanders was at a restaurant and she was told to leave because she's a controversial figure. And that, well, you know, do restaurants have the right to tell people to leave because they don't like their politics? Um, and you can see that there, there's a there's a civil war starting here in the United States. It's people are being divided and conquered. And it absolutely, was, it's and it's by intent. It's not you know it's not arbitrary. It's it's tribalism. It's you know they're they're, they're clearly defining the two tribes. Here's your tribe. Now it's now that the the real defining tribal guidelines now are conservatives versus liberals and you know if you're if you're conservative the liberals are you know total idiots and and probably you know on the on the left it's the same thing you know it's it's just there's no common ground yeah between people um it's it's it has nothing to do with raising people's consciousness it's that you know that's totally out of the mix it's now just which side are you want yeah and who's who's right and who's wrong and and it matter you know there really really is no right or wrong it's it's just what's what's going to make the human race more evolved yeah and and that's not happening at all you know that's that's the real downside of it but that's divide and conquer that's that's an age-old tactic that's not anything new Creating tribe two two different tribes to fight against each other it goes back to, you know, who knows when Egypt I guess. I don't understand it. I I don't understand no. how. Uh, and I got caught up on this because the thing is is that Monday I pulled in the driveway while I was listening to the radio. I was listening to an NPR station, and I was listening to a congresswoman who went to see what's going on in one of these internment camps. And I try, and I went online, and I found two two types of news organizations. One news, one type of news organization is totally debunking what this woman had said, 
and the other one backs everything up and it's split right down the middle and it was like who's telling the I, truth I saw about a picture this? on i guess it was on somewhere on the internet anyway two two newspapers that were reporting the exact same story on Trump. Yeah. And and they had two totally different Wall spins on it. The, I mean, it was like totally different in terms of what was going on in that particular story. I don't even remember what the topic it, it was. was it, was, it, was, it, was, it was amazing. It, it, was, it was totally biased on both sides. There's a, somewhere out there, there's a news story about this, where the Wall Street Journal, is, which, is public, which is released all over the country, and the headlines of these two stories in the same newspaper, but were published in two different parts of the country, had two, two different headlines for the same story. That's what I was just talking about. Yeah, yeah one was very sensational. <clears throat> X is a bad person. And the other one is, hey, X might not be a bad person after all. Same exact news story different headlines mm-hmm. totally totally different reporting on the exact same and the, you, you know and you see I mean, the, the facts are the facts you know it's how you spin the facts yeah that's what it's come down to that's, it's all about you know, selling newspapers so so this is all tied into what you know we're going to talk about today is, is the tavistock institute um and what it really comes down to what, what i what i, what I kind of funneled the whole thing down into is that the 60s was was a very very pivotal decade in terms of the direction yeah. um, that the American consciousness went in, um, and it really started with the Kennedy assassination. Um, you know, which I know you've you've done extensive research yeah. into, and but but there's always there's always kind of something that comes out that you know you didn't you didn't really look at it, i don't think um you know there's there's all of these facts about the kennedy assassination and, and yeah. what happened and how it happened and who did it and who didn't do it and you know we we've we've delved into this we've we've talked about the different reasons why uh kennedy was assassinated um but as it turns out and this is you know this is this is Daniel Eschelin's point of view from, from the book on Tavistock yeah. is that the economy, the economic and the political reasons are not, those are really just the surface reasons. Yeah. The real reason is that it was an attempt to destroy the, the consciousness of the American people. Um, so it really was, in a sense, an occult act. Yeah. Because that's where the occult operates. It operates in that realm of of the the dream consciousness kind of you know where where things are it's not really reality but it's what impacts reality in right. some sense and and that's really what the Tavistock Institute is is operating at they're they're operating at on affecting people's um, perception of reality yeah and I I went I went over that heavily in the last segment that we did but yeah um, do you want to reiterate a little bit what we talked about last time just for the people who may not have have heard that last segment or that yeah no go ahead absolutely by all means i'll let you do it you you um you're pretty good at that oh i'm pretty good well because the thing is 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 that walt and i have sort of have this body of work called the metaphysical connection i'm pretty sure that everybody listening right now has has heard of it and one of the things that we've been trying to get to is sort of like a kind of like um, we're sort of like New Hampshire's um, Mulder and Scully trying to get to the bottom of what's going on in America media 
uh, today and what's going on with the realm of the supernatural and the paranormal. And Walt came up with um, the, the show topic, the Tavistock Institute. And Walt and I have sort of gone on the off the deep end looking at all of this stuff. And the thing is, is that this is this is where the breadcrumbs have sort of left us, whereas there's a. Uh, there's a an organization formed out in um, London at the time, and um, there are a lot of interesting people who are working in the Tavistock Institute behind the scenes to manipulate the media, manipulate the way people think, consume products, consume goods, and um, it's called the Tavistock Institute. And the thing is, is that their whole thing is, is that they are, they came right out and said that their 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 goal is to fundamentally change the way people think and behave. And that sounds, that doesn't sound like a bad thing if you stop and think about it, if it means that it's, it's for the common good. But some of the breadcrumbs that we followed, or maybe you could call them rabbit holes, is that these people sort of have a an, an agenda Whereas it's like, is it is it world depopulation? Is it about controlling people and how that they behave and to go along to get along with the with the establishment? Um, and apparently, that there's some evidence that they have been working with uh, the deep state to get people to do whatever it is that the deep state wants us to do. And it is it's a form of mind control, whether or not it's with the commercials. Um, you know, to get you to, to buy the latest cologne, Mist of Enceladus. You can find yours at the any glamour counter at your favorite department store today. Um, or anything like that. Uh, you know, um, are they do they consult with advertising and marketing campaigns to get you to buy Coke instead of Pepsi? Or do they work with... Um, the government to get people on board with this war to overthrow, the, you know, these third world countries or whatever like that. And Walt and I are trying to get to the bottom of it. And there are moments where I think it's this is just a crazy conspiracy theory. And I think that it's all just full of hokum. And then there are other times when I look at something else and I'm thinking, you know, that that does actually that makes too much sense. How come more people are not upset and, and cheesed off by this? Um, and and as, as an aside, when I was um, uh, talking to um, uh, Benjamin Thomas this past Saturday doing, a, doing an interview for his book, um, uh, Jack Be Quick, and there was a guy who had showed up and he was like, oh, it's like, I can't believe I missed you. He was an older gentleman. I can't believe I missed this. I wanted, I wanted to hear your talk. So, of course, I gave him one of the, one of the, one of the cards. And he was talking about, like, what's, what's your favorite conspiracy theories? You know, what do you think? And we were talking, for whatever reason, we were talking about, you know, the JFK assassination. And he went on to talk about the man liquor Kirkano. And he was talking about how the man liquor Kirkano is not mechanically capable of put firing that many shots oswald is allegedly to have shot off and he, it turns out that he was he was a, a part of a ballistic team that was th there to study the man liquor kirkano and he told us this elaborate story about how he was he and his people were hired by the, by the war by the warren report commission to test and see it, what's the story with the man liquor Kirkano. And 
they buried his report. It's not it's not even in the Warren report. Mm-hmm. And he and he had That's not surprising. And he and he had mentioned it. It was just like had it ever occurred to you that maybe there's something wrong with the Warren report? Or maybe there's nothing wrong with <laughs> well, the Warren. Yeah. And it was here, just here, like here's some here here's how, some information um about that. Well, getting getting back to no, oh, I'm getting to the I'm getting to the connection to the Tavistock Institute. Okay, go ahead. And he said, had it ever occurred to you that there had been a huge marketing campaign, like like they hired people like in in advertising to convince people that the people who question the Warren report are crazy. They actually hired people who sell you perfume and, and Coca-Cola and cars and all of these products were tried to sell you on the Warren report. And I kind of like looked at him and it's just like, holy crap, that makes, Do you think? that makes too much sense. And it was just like all these other things that they try and convince us that, oh, you want to go along with this, you know? And it was just like, it's all part of the Tavistock Institute. Now, he didn't say the Tavistock Institute, but he, well, he said He may not have known about it. Either. But he, he alluded to it. And I thought... He had some sense of, of that dynamic anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what, I, what I was getting to is that, um, you know, the, the reality, I, I think, of, of the Kennedy assassination is that it was a conscious effort. And, and from what Eshlin says, it was, a mas- it was masonically based. Right. Because, um, you know, the, the Masons have a, an occult system for manipulating the consciousness, in a sense. So you were, talk, you were talking about the Warren Commission. Yeah, the Warren Report. Okay. Uh, the, yeah, the Warren the, Commission. The, the Warren Commission. The, is the, 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 the commission um, was formed by Lyndon Johnson. Yep. Who, who, was, a, who was a Mason. Um, he appointed Earl Warren to head the commission, who was a Mason. Um, he put Gerald Ford on there, who was a Mason. Um, and again, again, later went on to become, yeah. you know, I guess he was president. I don't know exactly what he was, but um, he, 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 was, he was very involved in this this whole cover-up and everything. Um, and also, your old friend, Alan Dulles. I was just about to get to Alan Dulles. Who, who was a former CIA director and and also... Um, founder. Founder Jay of the Hoover, who was a Mason. So all these guys are Masons, every one of them. You know, so it it's becomes pretty clear that, you know, this was a Masonic cover-up of what actually went on. Right. I think it's absolutely totally crazy when you look at this. And does it sound like a conspiracy theory, like a crazy conspiracy theory? I'm I'm not above saying that. No, it it does sound a little crazy. But when you look at it long and hard enough, it does. So you put these pieces together. And here's the thing: I have friends that are Masons, and I you know, and we talk about this tongue in cheek, and they and you know, they say to me, I don't know. I don't know what goes on in the upper heads. Do I think that everybody... And they don't. They don't. Do I think that everybody who is a, a rank-and-file member of the Masons are, are a part of this conspiracy? I don't I don't think so. Do I think the upper echelons of um, the CIA are doing things that the other rank-and-file boots, boots on the street, CIA people, are aware of everything that they're doing? I, I have no idea. 
you know, it's sort of like any any sort of any corporation, any company. Do you think that the people who are assembling the the cars, a GM, know exactly what the executives are doing at at any given time? I don't think so at all. I think that it's a very strong possibility because the thing is, is that when everybody is involved in in a, in, in a conspiracy, they all belong to the same club. It sort of like makes you wonder: Is this club? involved in this assassination or this conspiracy do i think that the masons themselves are responsible um for doing this or or is it just coincidental that all these people who are uh in the mason all these people who are part of this conspiracy were are also masons i i don't know i don't know it's one or the other you know it could it could be a coincidence i'd like to i'd like to be able to give my friends who are masons you know a, a little cover, a little benefit of the doubt, as it were. But it was just like the more I read about this, and the more perfect perfect example is this book that it's like I'm 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 rewriting so I can do a review of it, um, Operation Paperclip, and you know revisiting that again. And the thing is that it was just like you look at, um, you look at all these former Nazis that we brought into the United States. Annie Jacobson writes this incredible book about how here, here's here's the chain of events and here we are today. Do you think that it's a coincidence that we, in an effort to try and beat the, the Soviets in the Cold War, we invited these former Nazis in to say, well, first and, first and foremost, um, you're going to do whatever we say or we're sending you off to prison. And second of all, can how can we replicate what you did in berlin in the 1930s but do it in such a way that's not so overtly obvious that it's evil um and there's there's a there's a there's a lot of that and you look at how you you look at how so many germans there were enough germans to go along with the nazi program to take over that country and most of europe in a very short amount of time and there are people who are like, yeah, this is a bad thing. We should, yeah, this, no, this, well, the this German, is the German population was mind controlled. How I mean, can it, it, it didn't start with uh, the sixties in the United States? No, that's that's how the Nazis took power by using these these age old now, and it didn't start with Nazi Germany. It goes all the way back to Egypt, where these techniques were developed, and uh, the the cult of the cult of Apollo. Or the the cult of ISIS originally was a drug culture yeah. that they used to control the Egyptian people. They they were it was like a priesthood, I think. Yeah. But but they were drug they were involved with drugs and they understood that drugs were were used to to manipulate you know to get people to into a position to manipulate them psychologically, and then it went to Rome with the cult the cult of Apollo it was the same thing. That's how they that's how they controlled the Roman people. Yeah. And then it, it worked its way all the way up through history, um, you know, like the East India Company was was the was the grandfather company of the Tavistock Institute. They got involved with the um, with controlling the you know the world through imperialism, yep. the British Empire, but it was a private privately owned corporation, and and they got involved with the Opium Wars in in the eighteen hundreds with how they controlled China. Yeah, you know, so. It's it's not a new it's not a new tactic by any means, and the Masonic angle on it goes all the way back to um, King Solomon. 
And 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 um, there was a guy named Hiram Abiff who who was sort of like the pivotal focal point of the Masonic um, philosophy. Yeah, and he he was murdered <clears throat> in Solomon's Temple by three assassins. Um, have you ever heard this story? It's 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 called the Hiram Key. It's, it's kind of the it. basis of the uh, of the Masonic intention. Yeah, go um, yeah, drop some knowledge on us. It, and, and that that works its way up all the way to to the Kennedy assassination. Um, I know you know about the hobos yeah. that were arrested after the you know, after the fact after the assassination. In air quotes. How but, many how many of them were there, Eric? Six. How many? Three. How many three. hobos? Were there were three. No, there were three. There were three. There were three. Yeah. So there you go. Three assassins. So so it it all points toward a Masonic sort of infusion of uh, and and they have a ritual called the killing of the king yeah and that's what this was kennedy was a king he was a king figure yeah and it all fits together um this the 33rd parallel which is which is 33rd degree masons it's near you know it runs through texas um it it just all really ties together when you start looking at it Uh, it's it's very involved but it was a very very convoluted plot it just you know it wasn't like just you know on the surface you think well okay even if you do believe that there's something more behind it than oswald just you know getting getting a rifle and going up into the book depository and shooting Kennedy, even if you believe there's more to it than that which you know which of course we do um it's even more there's even more layers under that that that's masonically um oriented um, it it was you know it was all set up. It was it was very very orchestrated, to to the point of um, Dealey Plaza. Yeah, was the home of the only Masonic temple in in Dallas, which is, has no longer it's been torn down now. But there's a, there's still a plaque there for it apparently. So you know where Kennedy was killed was on the site of a, a, a Masonic temple. So yeah. You know, it just it just kind of goes on and on. Another interesting thing, and and this is this is I think kind of really getting out there, but um, you you talk about the name Oswald, Oz, yeah. right? Yeah. And who killed Oswald? Jack Ruby. Right. Ruby slippers. <laughs> Come on. I I'm just telling. I'm just saying. Think about it. <laughs> Is that coincidence, or is that maybe something there? I, I don't what's know. The th- what's the theme of the Wizard of Oz, Derek? Getting I mean, the home. <laughs> Dorothy getting home. Well, I know that's ostensibly that's what right. the theory is. But but the real th- the real idea behind it is that there's a there's a man behind the curtain, right? Yeah. Working all the working all the strings. Well, there you go. So you know, there's a lot more to these things, and you know, you think, oh yeah, the Wizard of Oz. We all think of the movie and the Munchkins and all that stuff, but maybe there's a darker thing going on there too that people don't aren't aware of. But maybe that's all going toward, you know, how many people of you know, I don't know how many generations have seen the Wizard of Oz. Probably almost everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, in, in the United States, anyway. Um, but maybe that's working on our consciousness somehow. But just you know, not something we're aware of even but it's implanted in that that whole idea that is the craziest thing that's pretty out there right that that is but um you know you, you can 
take that wherever you want to go with it. But um, that's how this stuff works. That's that's what the Tavistock Institute is doing. I'm not saying they had anything to do with Wizard of Oz, but um, you know, it it all goes back to. Um, perception of reality and, I, and I have how to that give can that be to maneuvered. you though I do have to maneuvered. give that to you as that is a wild conspiracy that is a wild conspiracy theory Wizard of Oz that really it really is and it was just like the whole idea with um, um, you know the Wizard of, the Wizard of Oz connection to the Kennedy assassination I mean, that's like that really sort of out. That that's sort of like that sort of blows my mind, you know. That that, that, that out Eric's Eric. <laughs> I mean, uh, I I think that's interesting. Now I really do. You know, it it's just so. There's just so many things there. If if you really read about it, and I, I don't want to go too into depth in this because we have a lot of ground to cover. But um, you know, Kennedy was the king of Camelot. He yeah, really was, and and it destroyed the you know it destroyed that dream that we had of america being the you know the moral bastion of the world and, and all that stuff it just totally totally blew it out of the yeah here's another here's another weird thing part of this whole um masonic ritual is for the body to disappear yeah and and then be found well what happened to kennedy's brain Still, to this day, nobody knows. It disappeared, right? Yeah. So, in essence, that fits that, you know, that segment of this ritual that the body disappears. Well, his body didn't disappear, but his brain did. So, yeah. Why would somebody take his brain? Oh, well, for conspiracy theorists everywhere, we know why. Because the thing is, like, if you look at his brain, it's clear where the bullet came from. Well, that's true, too. but, But also, there's a reason why it... You know, well, okay. If you want to just even just go with that, well, who took his brain? Who, who, you know, who was responsible for that? Well, I mean, again, I mean, it's people who had no business being responsible for things like his autopsy. People who had never done an autopsy before, or they never did mm-hmm. an autopsy in the specific conditions that had occurred. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody who was involved in whether or not it was. Um, you know, from the from the autopsy that should have been conducted in um, in Dallas, you know, by the lo- by the local coroner, or his body was taken by you know, the, you know, the Secret Service, and people were um, forced to do the autopsy under very stressful circumstances and stuff like that. And the, some of the, some of the findings of the autopsy were suppressed. Um, you know, there's 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 that. I mean, is that the answer that you're looking for? Oh, I'm not looking for an answer. I'm, okay. I'm just saying there's so many things around this assassination that are that are seemingly disjointed, but when you start looking at it through a, through a certain lens, they they start to make sense. Yeah, you know, and that and that's one of them. Um, and and a lot of it is you know Masonic, um, based on Masonic occult ritual, which has to do with. Um, changing the consciousness yeah change changing the the viewpoint of people and you know there's a there's there's thinking that that oswald was a mind slave that he was he was yeah. um he actually was part of uh a group in when he when he was in russia he was over in russia for a while yeah 
Um, they think that he may have gone undergone some kind of biotelemetry implantation right. in the Soviet Union. Have you you've heard about this? I have heard about and, this. Um, and he became, um, in quotes, a volunteer at the Behavioral Control Center in Minsk. Yep. And um, so, you know, the, the whole thing was kind of set up, um, you know, very, in a conv- very convoluted way. Um, and it all came together in, in Dallas that day. And, um, you know, look, look what, you know, how many people do you hear say, you know, how different would things have been had Kennedy not been killed? I think everybody. How, how and, different and would America be? Everybody speculates on that. Right. And, and we've talked about that yeah. you know, multiple times. Um, and then there's other things like we, we talked a little bit about um, Kennedy being buried in Arlington Cemetery. And, right. Um, and Oswald being not buried in Arlington, but very near Arlington in, in Fort Worth. I guess yeah. um, nobody wanted his body. That's what it came down yeah. to. But, um, and then there's a lot of symbology around uh, Kennedy's funeral as well. Exactly. The way that took place from, Masonic, uh, from a Masonic point of view. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, you know, it just goes on and on. Then you have the, you know, you have the Warren Commission, which which we've talked about. And, um, you know, then there's the whole Jim Garrison thing that, you know, he, he was kind of set up to to create a smoke screen around, yeah. around the, all the events. Jim Garrison. It looked like he was. It looked like he was investigating it, but in essence, um, there's some thinking that he was actually manipulated into creating this investigation to sort of diffuse the energy away from the reality of the whole thing. So, I don't know if that part I'm. I don't buy into because, of course, I I have looked into a lot of the things. Um, that Jim Garrison had uncovered. And Jim Jim Garrison uncovered a lot of things that we, the whole thing with Clay Shaw and the whole, uh, everything that um, uh, Oswald was doing in New Orleans, you know, in the years leading up to uh, the Kennedy assassination. And Jim Garrison, he's one of the ones who actually stumbled upon the very strong evidence that there were, um, there was the underground um, element uh, in the CIA that may have been responsible for JFK's assassination. There, you know, I, 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 really can't buy into the fact that Jim Garrison could have been part of the JFK assassination cover-up. I do think that there could have been people um, within the government that were trying to manipulate him into looking in to other other aspects of the assassination that you know could have led him down the wrong, wrong path that is possible but do i think that he could have been possible you know part of the the, the cover-up no i i don't i don't well believe that. I, i'm not saying that he may, maybe it wasn't even conscious may, maybe um it ashland postulates that he he was alleged to have been an ex-fbi agent yeah um and and had some kind of mental illness going on jim garrison um, and jim garrison yeah and and he was he was sort on the secret society stuff, um, but that he may have been pharmacologically or hypnotically induced to set up this investigation to, you know, as, a, as kind of an agent of mis- misinformation or dis- yeah. to, to kind of get the focus away from, you know, from what they were trying to people, yeah. keep people from focusing on, I guess. You know, so anyway, interesting. It's an interesting thought. Um so you know, it just it just kind of goes on and on, and there's a lot of evidence that um, 
you know, these these types of activities have been going on for a long time. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, to fast forward a little bit, not out of the 60s, but up to, um, you know, the same same kind of point of view with with Bobby Kennedy when he yeah. when he was assassinated. And, you know, the conjecture about um, Sirhan Sirhan being a mind control uh, agent or, uh, you know, mind controlled or hypnotically controlled in some way by yeah. the CIA or some group. Yeah. I don't even know if it's the CIA uh, for the same, for the very same reasons. You know, yeah. That, um, you know, he, he was kind of keeping the flame of, of Jack's, you know, moral um, authority, I guess, or, or whatever you want yeah. to call it alive. Yeah. And, you know, and boom, all of a sudden he was gone. Yep. You know, was it, was he a victim of the same mindset? Yeah, to, to try and manipulate that the American consciousness. I mean, I can remember that. It was like, you know, everybody, you know, thought that he was going to be the next uh, great thing. You know, after his brother, and he right. had all these plans for improving America and blah blah blah. And then, boom! All of a sudden, he was gone. He was taken out. You know? Yeah. So it's it's sort of like it's like in your face. You know, like see what we can do. No, that's and, we want that. and, and we've had that. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the part of the conversation that we have had time and again. Yes. Whereas yeah. is like the reason why that they did it the way that they did it in broad daylight in such a way is to say to the American people, "Hey, look, we are really in charge. We're the ones who are in charge. We right. can do this in broad daylight, and there's nothing you can do to stop us." Yep. In plain sight. In plain sight. In broad daylight. In plain sight. In front of all of these witnesses. And it does sort of get back to the whole concept of disinformation. And I was actually having a conversation with somebody about this last night, about the whole thing. And we talked about this. I'm not going to perseverate over this like I did last week. The concept of people actually believe that the earth is flat. And there are the people who are adamant that the earth is flat. These people are the victims of a CIA, NSA thought experiment. Can you get people to believe the dumbest possible things you could possibly imagine, such as the earth being flat and that and there are and it's there are people who will fight you over this issue. And there are people who will lose their minds when you try and tell them otherwise the earth is round. And these are the these people. Now, do they actually believe the earth is flat? because they're that gullible into believing the quote evidence or is it just their way of being a contrarian like my reality is different than yours because i choose for it to be that way and it was just like and there's and there is the evidence out there that that's what the cia tried to do trying to prove that people thoughts and ideas about basic facts can be manipulated. Now, if they can convince, let's say 10% of the population, 10, it's, I know it's smaller than that, but let's just 10%. If you can convince 10% of the population of an absolute falsehood, what else can you convince 10% of the population? Convincing, convincing people that the earth is flat, that's pretty hard, I think. Convincing people that, oh, it was just, it was, it was only Oswald. Convincing people well, that. Well, that's, that's the whole thing. You, you, you wonder how much, um, 
stuff that you hear and read and see on the internet is just disinformation you know is it is it just put out there to kind of you know persuade you away from yeah what the what the real reality is if, if in fact there is one or or is it just a matter of manipulating that you know the, the consciousness of, that, of yeah. everybody to, to have some people or, or is it just a mere fact of getting people to to you know to take different points of view to get them arguing about stuff exactly so they don't so they don't have any kind of unified thought pattern well if you're does, if, it, all, does it all come down to that maybe it gets know. back to an, another issue that and this makes people squirm this question makes people squirm where did all of this free porn come from why is there so much free porn out on the internet well it's yeah it's, it's another whole aspect i think of of that whole thing um you know it's it's a, it's a subversion of of consciousness you know to to make people div- get them diverted into something that they think is something that's desirable you know when it when of course it really isn't um and and, and uh, getting back to the to the 60s yeah i was going to ask you the, about the the, the tavistock well, the, 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 what i want to get to is the is the creation of the beatles yes uh, that's exactly what i was going to ask you you're reading you my mind okay, okay. Have you, I don't know if you've looked into that too much or anything, but um, so so apparently at some point, um, you know, when the Tavistock Institute got rolling after World War II, they realized that um, America was, you know, was the next big um, thing to be conquered. Yeah. You know, the, the consciousness of the American people. So apparently what they did was was they created this group called the Beatles. Yeah. And they marketed them as, you know, um, the cool, the cool um, kids. Yeah, the the cool thing to be. You know, with with they, they started out with a. It's it started. You know, it started out in stages. You know, the originally the Beatles had these kind of. They all had the same haircut, the Beatle haircut, and the Beatle suit, and the and the Beatle boots, and right. And it was just something totally different than what, you know the way people dressed in America and and it it captured the imagination of of the generation um and pretty soon everybody was collecting beetle cards and Be- beetle and they couldn't wait enough. for the next beetle song to come out right. and um you know it just it just evolved into this huge huge movement but apparently it was an orchestrated um you know, they took these four guys who who did have some some musical ability, really good. Although yeah, they did. Yes. none of them were really true musicians. I mean, I don't think any of them could actually read music. Um, the really the best musician of the lot was um, George Harrison. Yes, and um, I don't know if you if you remember his his songs were were barely ever used. Um, they were they were mostly creations of Lennon and McCartney. Right. Those, you know, they were the two big, the big songwriting duo. But um, guess what? What their songs were highly influenced, if not created entirely, by a German um, songwriter. Yeah. Named Theodore Adorno. Um, and he he apparently either influenced them to the degree that their songs were sort of just machinations of his music. Um, but it, it was all geared toward toward mind control. He In Germany in the 30s, he was a, 
he was a mind con- control guru, a behavior, uh, attempting to change. In fact, he probably um, laid the laid the groundwork for Nazism in in Germany. Okay. And then he he left Germany and went over to England, and he became um, involved with the Tavistock Institute, and they in turn created the Beatles. Right. Um, now you'd say to yourself, "Well, that that that's that doesn't sound right. That's not." But um, do you remember back when Michael Jackson bought the uh, the rights to the all the Beatles? Songs? I thought that was the craziest thing. To this day, I think seem it's crazy. crazy. It does. Like, how did the Beatles not have the rights to their own songs? Well, who do you think Michael Jackson bought the songs from? Who? The estate of Theodore Adorno. He was he was dead by that time. He owned the rights to all their songs. Now, how did that happen? That is the craziest thing. I don't know. How, how could? How do you explain that? I don't. Did he buy? Did he buy the rights to all the Beatles songs? I, I don't think so. It doesn't even make sense. I, I remember there was a time where McCartney was trying to buy the rights back. I think actually McCartney and Michael Jackson got into a bidding war or something. Yeah. I guess Michael Jackson won, but um, so you know, how do you figure that? That that. That just doesn't even make sense unless until you start putting it into this different kind of a framework as to what the Beatles actually were. Um, so they, so you know, this was a, this was a setup to to gain the 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 youth generation. Yeah. Um, and and what did the Beatles advocate? Peace, love, <laughs> free free and, love, and taking and taking drugs, right? Yeah. Taking LSD. Well, guess what? LSD is the agent of of mind control. Yeah, it is. And um, they said they got it. They started taking it when they're from their dentist or something. I, I can remember something that crazy thing. like that. And then gradually they started their clothing started changing their, you know, and the music started getting more and more electronic and more sort of psychedelic. And, um, you know, it, it sort of was a gradual process. Yeah. And they put out a lot of music in the from what, like 63 to 70 when they yeah. um you know, and particularly, um, I think the real pivotal album was uh, Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Uh, not Dr. Pepper, uh, Sergeant Pepper. Dr. Right. Pepper, Sergeant Pepper. Dr. Pepper was probably involved too. I don't know. But, um, and if you look on that album, there was there's all figures, historical figures that um, you kind of think about, like, why are they on there, you know? Right. And then, and then there's um, the Beatles dressed in um, costumes, like um, like they were in the band. Right, like in Sergeant Pepper's band, and then the next to them, there's wax figures of the of the original Beatles, the way they looked. Right, um, and then and then there's the, there was the whole thing about Paul being dead, um, which you know everybody kind of thought, oh ha ha, that was something they made up. And then there was the whole thing about playing the Beatles songs backwards. And, right, you know, there's all those kinds of people things looking about for it. hidden but, but, messages. Um, you know, there's a lot of thinking that the original Paul McCartney. Uh, rebelled at some point against the whole this whole thing, and, and they took him out and replaced him with a. Um, awesome. And there's, if you look on the internet, there's, uh, what do you call it when you put two faces together, and and you get like a composite of a, yeah. of a person's head. Yeah. Well, when you put Paul one side of Paul's face together with a Paul from a later stage, you can see um, some real pretty marked differences yeah. between the two, between the two faces. So yep. it's kind of interesting. And then, um, you know, you get to the point of Lennon's assassination. Well, 
you know, there's a lot of thinking that Lenin was was assassinated because yes. he was about to blow the cover on all this. Yeah, um, there's did, a lot. He did an interview with Playboy. Yep. Just, um, I think, weeks before he was actually killed. And yeah. He, he was kind of alluding to some of this stuff, you know. And then, boom, he got killed by, by um, what's his name, Mark David Chapman. Yeah. Who um, apparently was, was um, a Manchurian candidate. Apparently, yeah. And when we say Manchurian candidate, we don't mean that he was actually from Manchurian. I mean, what we no, mean is we are no. alluding back to the movie, The Manchurian Candidate, where people have been programmed by, let's just throw out MKUltra. Let's just say uh, an organization like MKUltra that specializes in mind control. Or some, or some form of organization like that. Yeah. That's, that's the one we know anyway. That's yeah. Um, so... You know, I mean, if you think back to the impact that the Beatles had on on society in to general, this day, you know, still to this day, yeah. To to think that they weren't that they were more or maybe less than than what we really thought they were. You know, everybody kind of has the image that they were just these four lads from Liverpool that kind of came together and they sparked this magic, you know. Uh, mindset of writing these songs that really captured people's attention and imagination and stuff yeah. like that. Maybe there's really more to it than that. You know, it's just, I, I just find it very interesting because, you know, I was a, I was a child of the Beatles. Right. Um, I got swept up in the Beatlemania and all that stuff, you know. Um, who knows that all that stuff wasn't just some program that was being worked on everybody, you know. I know you're a little, you were a little young for that. Yeah. But, um, you're still very aware of the impact the Beatles had. How could you not? I mean, you didn't, you didn't necessarily live through it, but you, you have, um, you know, a lot of knowledge about that anyway. And I think everybody does still. It's, it's pretty, pretty crazy when you start thinking about it that way. Um, so I, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about all that, Eric? We're, I think, I think that that is, in all honesty, you think about that, and it's like that's just too much. That's just like that's too much for people to digest. Mm-hmm. The whole idea is is that they co-wrote songs with somebody from you know the former Nazi Party to indoctrinate kids into taking drugs and stuff like that. And you look at you look at the entire drug culture of the 1960s and 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 whatnot and how it it you can make the argument that the drug culture in the 60s um, destroyed America. And you could say that an entire generation of 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 kids were brainwashed into being um, anti-authoritarian, but in the bad mm-hmm. way. Whereas everybody was an anarchist in a way that nothing got done, in mm-hmm. a way. And the, but the thing is, is that you look at the Vietnam War, and why did we go to the Vietnam War? Why did, I was wh- just going to bring that up. You must have read my mind. And the thing is, and it was just like. Um, you know, if, if if it wasn't for the hippie culture and and trying to get us to end the war in Vietnam. And I don't think, and the thing is, is it, I mean, you're talking to somebody who buys the whole thing, hook, line, and sinker. I mean, I spent an entire weekend listening to the book, the consensual book on, you know, quintessential, not, you know, not consensual, the uh, the quintessential book on the Pentagon Papers, and that's like that's we're talking like sixty some odd hours of of listening to a you know on Audible, 
listening to this book and it was just like the, the Vietnam War was messed up and screwed up. I don't know if we really b- deserve to be there or belong there. And well, it was it was it was a, it was a um, it was a ploy. It was created as a ploy to so that people didn't realize that the reason why we were in Vietnam was to control the drugs coming out of Southeast Asia. It had nothing to do with stopping communism. That was all nonsense. It was was a made-up line of thought. But you know what? It made sense. It resonated with people. Whoever thought that up was a genius because it was a way of, you know, rationalizing why we were in this you know, crummy little Southeast Asian country that nobody cared about and putting tons and tons of, well, it was so we could control the drug trade. Back in the 1950s, you could not get people to find Vietnam on a a map or on the globe. absolutely not. And you know what? The counterinsurgency, which is a huge tenet of what the Tavistock Institute does, is exactly why they created this anti-war movement. They created the anti-war movement. Just as surely as they've, you know, created these other types of mindsets, and it was counterinsurgency. It was to to get people to look the other way, sort of. You know what I mean? And so it was that whole movement, that whole anti-war movement, was created intentionally to do that. I'm going to be one of those. To diffuse people. the energy away from from why Vietnam was, why we were really fighting in Vietnam. But the thing why, is, why is that we had a presence there are going to be people who are going to be asking, Walt, don't you think that ending the war in Vietnam was a good thing? It was. Yeah, but that's not what the that's not what the reasoning was behind creating the the anti-war movement. And I'm not even sure that that was what really ended the war. Honestly, I think it was just, you know, it, we we saw that we had we weren't going to win it. It was just not winnable. And that's when, you know, that's when Nixon pulled out. I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, you, you look at the movie The Post, which my review for it is, is on the Fedora Chronicles mm-hmm. main site. And the, Daniel Eisberg um, released the Pentagon Papers. You know, the, 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 the DARPA um, report, the annual report on what was going on in Vietnam for like, what, 10, 10 years? 10 years of, of documents that he released? And there's the, the whole notion of the only way that we could win the Vietnam War is if we you know, could tactical nukes, level the country, destroy, make, you know, make it a nuclear wasteland. We're pouring all of this money into a war that is absolutely, totally unwinnable. And, and, and people's children were dying. Um, America was sending, you know, a, a, a large segment of the male population to Vietnam and for what? What was it all for? And there was a got to be a point where people on both sides of the political it's because aisle. there were ton tons of money being made by the munitions producers and the chemical companies that made Agent Orange and all that you know, that's where that's why we were doing it. It gets back to the entire corruption of LBJ. LBJ, you know, mm-hmm. Lyndon Baines Johnson, he had so much stock in all of these companies that were building up the war machine before Vietnam. JFK looked at all of this. John Kennedy had said, you know, why are we pouring billions of dollars into the Air Cavalry helicopter, the the, the Huey, for a war in Asia that we really even haven't really sort of begun to fight yet? Why are we doing this? That's how these big companies make money. They 
they start wars. That's that's nothing new. That's 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 why the Civil War was started. JFK was getting ready. Yeah, JFK. Yeah, JFK was ready to pull the plug on all of the you know all of these programs. You know, because he knew it was a travesty. Because he knew it was a travesty. He looked at it, and then what he got for it. That was part of it. Goes it just goes around in circles and circles and circles, and you can kind of like look at, you know, how kids are being manipulated into believing these things and getting into the drug culture and pay no hey pay no attention to it. It's still going on. It hasn't changed any. It's just a different. (laughs) It's just a different group now. It's just different. You know, you you have. you know, you have rappers and people like that are, you know, they're doing the same thing. It's, it's just, and, and you know, it goes, if, if we want to fast forward a little bit to, um, from, from when the Beatles started, it, 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 we touched on this a little bit in the opening segment, but, um, uh, the music, the big music festivals were also a creation of, of this group and the CIA. They created these festivals to create a generation of people that were, you know, that that thought drugs was was, was the way to go, and um, you know, like Woodstock was a huge festival where um, there were CIA agents, that, CIA agents, they're passing out um, LSD to people, you know, like candy, to get them into that mindset of taking drugs, and you know, they had music going all night, which you know kept them up and kept them more in a more conditionable state. It was all set up. It was an intentional, and the, the Monterey Pop Festival preceded that, and it was the same exact thing. Um, they were giving out acid there. That's um, they were giving out something called Purple Haze. Yeah, which which is where Jimi Hendrix wrote the, wrote the song Purple Haze. That's where that came from. Um, you know, it it was it was a total total setup. It wasn't just all these people getting together and say, "Hey, let's have this big music festival and peace and love and." Yeah, that was the that was what it was sold at, but that as but that wasn't what the reality of it was. It was it was creating a generation of people that had that had that viewpoint, um, and that carried over into things like the Manson murders. Oh yeah, uh, Manson was um, was was a was mind controlled by you know he was in and out of these detention homes when he was a kid. You know, he was, he was, a, he was, you know, he was always stealing cars and things like that. And, and it's some, somewhere along the line, he was programmed. And, um, you know, do, do you remember that he, there was some connection to him? Um, the reason why he sent the, his hit squad out to, to kill the, the, the rich people, he, the pigs, he called them. Yes, um, yes. Was, was based on, on the Beatles song, Revolution. Yeah. He was trying to create a, he was trying to create a race war. So right. he said. But it was tied into the Beatles. So, you know, are all those things just consequential? Um, he was connected to the Beach Boys, too. They actually recorded one of his crappy songs that he wrote yeah. on one of their B-sides of one of their, you know. So it's it's all all that pop culture stuff at that point in time. It was all connected. It was all, it was all um, sort of going in this, you know, toward the same direction of, of controlling people. Um People's consciousness, basically, is what it comes down to. Here's the craziest thing, and this mm-hmm. is this is one of those things where it's like I, I you look at this, and I'm just like wondering, because um, you because you, you do I just did a search um, Charlie Manson CIA, 
mm-hmm. and then there are all these uh, articles that sort of debunk what it is we're trying to say how the cia used charles manson to debunk the entire 60s hippie movement there you go that makes sense doesn't it to an extent you know mm-hmm. the thing is is that it's like if the cia and the nsa created the hippie movement to sort of get kids to stop looking at what the government is really trying to do. You could say, and then CIA was trying to use Charlie Manson to end the, the hippies or debunk, you know, mm-hmm. destroy the hippies. It kind of like, like the, the underbelly of the, of the counterculture. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. This is what it, this is what it turns into. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, apparently he was he was connected to either to the FBI or the CIA or something. Yeah. As, as was mind programmed. You know, so there's 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 such a you know this, this whole notion of the Tavistock Institute and 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 you know it it just ties so many like loose ends together when you start looking at it. You know, it was stuff that you thought was sort of discordant. You know, like well that's a little weird, but well, well maybe it's just coincidence. You know. But it starts making it starts making a lot more sense when you when you start looking at it through that lens, and um, you know I mean it goes it goes back to um, beyond the before World War Two even it goes yeah. back to uh, people like Aldous Huxley and H.G. Uh, Wells. Um, th- these guys really started rolling with this kind of stuff. They they all took they all took mind altering drugs. Some of them I think peyote maybe. Um, you know, H.G. Wells, of course, is known as a, um, you know, as a science fiction writer. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, Aldous Huxley had, had the book uh, Brave New World, which is really, I, I wonder, is that a blueprint for, for what's, you know, what's on the horizon? Was, is Brave New World a blueprint? I think that? that that's one of those books that we should, we should re-examine in the light exactly. of everything yeah, that's going that on right now. And, uh, you know, it, I, I don't think I, I don't think I had enough background knowledge to fully understand what he was what he was getting at, you know. But that was 1931, so you know that that certainly preceded World War II and the Nazis. Although they were, you know, they were they were starting to get rolling already at that point, probably. But um, you know, so you had this little cult of guys that you know that were thinking along these lines, and um, you know, I, you wonder about how much of the stuff that H.G. Wells actually wrote that had some kind of an underlying theme you know we look at it as science fiction but when you start thinking about well maybe he was maybe he had something else going on there you know um i don't know and uh, they were they were tied in uh, with also a guy named um uh bertrand russell who who is another um philosopher i guess yeah. was um you know kind of trying to look at different ways of how culture works and how how things are impacted by you know, how the how the mindset or the consciousness or culture is impacted it is it's crazy so they were thinking along those lines back in the 30s yeah um and dh lawrence was was also tied in with that too, the guy that wrote lady chatterley's lover yeah so you know they had this whole thing going on way back then and it just just kind of moved right along um to uh, I guess what I guess the next next logical thing to look at is is the TV generation. I think that that is something that we need to say for the next episode because yes, the thing is yes. is that I think that what we've given people to sort of like mull over. I think I think this is too much. 
I, I think that this is going to cause some people's heads to explode, you know. Have <laughs> smoke coming out of people's ears. Yeah. <laughs> but, I think- you know, again, again, you can you can take what you want out of it. You know, you can say, well, that's just a total crock. Um, or maybe there's some truth to it. Or maybe it's totally truthful. You know, you can, you can take it wherever you want to take it. But when you start really looking at it, this stuff starts to make sense, you know. It can't be coincidence, all of it, you know. How can it be? It's not possible. It's the craziest thing I think that I've heard in a, in a long time. And I've heard of a lot of really crazy things. <laughs> Which part? Oh, the idea that the Tavistock, I mean, the, the part of the Tavistock Institute influencing the media, influencing, um, you know, advertising and marketing i think that you can make an obvious case for that it's 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 obvious and it's mm-hmm. and and the thing is is that how is it that the media is able to convince people <laughs> to buy things you know that they really don't really want or need mm-hmm. you know do you really like mcdonald's food do you really like eating at mcdonald's do you really like you know do you and if, you're, if you ride past a mcdonald's there's there's like lines of people waiting to Go through the drive-in at certain know? times of the day, and the thing is that yeah, it was like just around like, lunchtime because it's quick, and um, you know they they make it taste edible, you yeah, know, and it's cheap. So there you go. My, my and the thing is, is that you know, and Carol and I tried this experiment, whereas is like we tried to replicate replicate um, Big Macs here at home. And the thing is, is that there's the, you can say that, do they put something in the burgers that make them more, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Addicting, maybe? Because the way that Carol makes them here at home, I can have one of those, I'm satisfied. I can go on with the rest of my life. You don't have the special sauce here. No, she does have the special sauce. She does. She does. Is it, is it the same as the, how'd she get the secret? She just said, yeah. she looked at it and she said, that's Thousand Island dressing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's special that's and good. and the thing is is that you know and the thing is she she found the recipe online on how to make homemade big macs special sauce and the thing is she looked at it and she said oh the special sauce is just thousand island dressing and oh okay and we make them at home and that is but there is something about how after you uh eat mcdonald's it's like you want more for whatever reason you just I, you don't i don't understand I don't know why it's like the 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 supersized fries for some reason is just not enough you always want more that's what they want they want you to keep coming back and clogging your arteries so i think that we're just going to leave it like this because we have some other things going on here at the house right now i don't know if you can hear that in the background carol has a mixer going she's making more of those those special special whatever so i think that for the for the people listening i think we want to ask what do you do you think that we are being manipulated by the media and advertising and where do you think that that comes from i think that's that's the question of the week and have have the guys at the metaphysical connection lost their minds? I think that they know that we've or, lost their our or, minds a or long have time we ago. Ga- or have we gained our minds? Exactly. Have we gained psychological and spiritual independence from what's being fed to us? What do you think? I don't know. Tell, tell us what you think. Let us know. I'd like to hear. 
I hope this opens people's at least, you know, the, the whole intention behind all this is to keep people in a, in a certain state of mental slavery. And if you look, if you look at the, if you listen to the people who are really speaking the truth, um, you know, in in songs and in literature, literature, um, that's exactly what they're all saying. You know, that's that's what Jim Morrison was saying. And then, like I said in the early segment, that maybe that's why he didn't want to go. Maybe he didn't want the doors to go to Woodstock. I don't know. That's total conjecture on my part. Maybe they just had, did have another booking somewhere, or maybe he was. Just drunk on his ass somewhere or something. I don't know, but um, but who knows? Who knows what all the underlying stuff is? And it's it's interesting to think about, you know. I think that but, that's exactly um, where we need to leave it this week. We need to say what what? Okay, you've heard the show. What do you think? Drop us a line. Go to mm-hmm. Facebook dot com um, and do a search for the for the uh, Metaphysical Connection group. Join us and say. This is what look. I heard your show. This is what I think about whether or not the media has been manipulated by the CIA, the NSA, the Tavistock Institute, and as a result, we are being manipulated. Well, I mean, what do you think about all of this? Get in touch with us. Sounds good. All right, Walt. So I'm going to leave that there, and I think that I don't know unless we have another topic. I think that next week we're going to do um, part three of this, and we're going to be talking about the TV generation, how the TV generation has been manipulated, how kids starting in the '60s have been manipulated through television, starting with the Mickey Mouse Club, <laughs> starting with M I C K E Y. I just I just saw this morning that they opened up a new section of uh, Disney World. It's uh, it has to do with Toy Story. It's Toy Story World now. They put yeah. this big, huge um, addition onto Disney World, and I, you know, they showed these pictures. Of course, ABC Good Morning America is is owned by Disney, so yeah, you know, of course they're going to put the best spin they can on it. And there's all these happy people there waiting for the opening and all this of stuff. Of course, I'm thinking to myself, wow, there's some more mind alteration going on right there. It is. Know? It's, so, have you gotten your tickets yet, Eric? Uh, as a matter of fact, Carol is going online right now to get them right now. Yeah, right? Good for you. She's looking at me, and she's got she's this big, huge smile on her face. It's big thumbs up. Um, and you can, I w- you can dress up like the cowboy. What's his name? Woody. 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 You can dress up like Woody. I dress like I dress up like Woody all the time. Oh, that's true. All right, Walt. We won't get into the origins of Woody, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later, Walt. <laughs> okay, Eric. This has been the Metaphysical Connection podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Player FM. You can find our podcast via your Apple, Android, or Windows devices using those services and more. If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at thefedorachronicles.com. That's also a great way to get in touch with Walt, Jim, and Eric, and let us know what you think of the podcast, as well as topic suggestions for a future show. If we use your suggestion, we'll send you a t-shirt or coffee mug. Just send along your size and preference with your email. You can be a part of the metaphysical connection between shows by joining us on our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook by going to our metaphysical connection group and following us on Twitter at physics laxative. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. 
Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes, and other exclusives. Want some Metaphysical Connection swag of your own? Get your own damn Metaphysical Connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them. Yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship, in form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. Find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com. So for Walt, Jim, and Eric, this is Carol Fisk thanking you for listening and signing off. Until next time, keep your chin up and your bra, excuse me, fedora on.